You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kaylee LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, you beautiful souls. This is Kalia, and today I'm going to talk about shamanic hypnotherapy and how I use it in psychic cord cutting. Now, every time that I have a session with somebody where I use this process of shamanic hypnotherapy and cord cutting, I'm just amazed at the results and I feel so excited about it. And I ask myself, why am I not doing this more? And it's probably because I don't talk about it enough. I don't write about it enough. It's something that I developed early on in my work with narcissistic abuse because I was trained as a clinical hypnotherapist back in 1988. And then I started uh, being trained with, with various shamans in shamanistic techniques, mostly in the early 2000s. So I used both of these. I kind of started to combine what I had learned in shamanic, in shamanism with my clinical hypnotherapy. So I'm going to break down what the difference is. Clinical hypnotherapy is working with the subconscious mind. So we have a conscious mind, which is that part that we're aware of. That is the part, the thinking rational mind that we are aware of most of the time. Sometimes we thoughts come in and we don't think about those thoughts. Like we might say to ourselves things like, oh gosh, I'm so stupid. And we don't realize because these thoughts are so automatic. We don't realize we're having them. And those are suggestions that go into the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is the receptive mind. It is the subjective mind. So it's like the fertile soil in which the seeds are planted that will take root in your life tomorrow. So what you plant today, either consciously or unconsciously, is what's going to bear fruit tomorrow. So it's important to look at your subconscious mind as that fertile soil in which you are planting your future reality. And if you keep planting the same thing over and over and over again, unconsciously, meaning you're not really consciously aware of what you're feeding your subconscious mind, you're going to keep getting the same thing over and over and over again. So what I love about hypnotherapy is we can change somebody's reality by planting new seeds and learning how to nurture those seeds. So oftentimes you can't just plant that seed and leave it alone. Sometimes that works, but often we have to be aware. So if you think about planting a garden, you go out there and you you get the soil ready for the seeds. 
and then you plant the seeds, but you are aware of those seeds you planted. So you go out and you water them and you might fertilize them. And you also know that there's a delay. There's a time before you plant the seed to the time that you see the sprouts coming up through the earth. And that is how the subconscious mind works. What you plant today may not show up into your life for a period of time. Now, that period of time is going to differ from person to person. So a lot of the results may not be immediate, although there are some immediate results. I've seen it over and over and over again, where there are some immediate results. But if you're trying to make a big change in your life, like change a habit, then you've got to plant the seeds of the new habit. Because the only way to get rid of darkness is with light. The only way to get rid of a negative habit is with a positive habit. So we don't just go eliminate something. We have to plant the seeds of the new. So if you go to your garden, you need to pull all those old weeds before you can plant new seeds. But you do have the conscious ability to plant those new seeds and nurture them and have faith, which is the period of time, the faith is required for the period of time that you plant the seed and then you see the results. And so I tell people when they come in for clinical hypnotherapy and work with me that they may notice some immediate results, but that they have to stay consciously aware of what's going on in their mind. Because, for example, when we're looking at cord cutting, psychic cord cutting, we can go in there and we can do the work to cut those toxic, energetic, and emotional cords to that toxic person or that narcissistic person or whoever that is that you're wanting to cut those cords with, we can do that process and you might feel very different in that session, coming out of that session. People report feeling more relaxed than they've ever remembered feeling, especially if they've been plagued by anxiety and PTSD for a long time, that state of relaxation feels very different. But they also feel not only the huge weight of that anxiety and stress leaving their body, but they also feel that disconnection from that person. They feel it. And oftentimes, I've, I've reported this before, that person that they've detached from through this process will often contact them almost immediately after their session. Now, this doesn't always happen. And I advise people don't expect it. Do not expect this to happen because some people are so hungry for that person to make contact with them. They come and get a session hoping that that person will make contact with them. Well, that's the very last thing we want, right? We're doing this process of cord cutting to sever the connection with that person. 
But if you have an underlying addiction running, which most people do in this case, in the case of narcissistic energy connections or soul ties or whatever you want to call them, when we have these energetic connections, these soul ties, there is often an underlying addiction. And that addiction is a neediness for that person to show interest in you, to show you that you mattered to them. And, you know, the real truth is with narcissistic people, nobody really matters to them. They are self-serving. And that's the problem. That's the issue. So this is a really good time to commit completely to the process of severing that connection. And that means after a cord cutting session, you've got to continue to feed yourself to nurture that seed by not inviting that connection back in. So whenever your mind is like having an addictive moment that says, I really miss that person. I really want to hear from them. You have to say, cancel, cancel. I release all cords of attachment. I release all soul ties. You have to reiterate what you have done so that you're not inviting that connection back in. And if you can do that, then you are reinforcing and reinforcing and reinforcing. It's like watering the seed that's going to bear fruit. And that fruit is your new life. That fruit is being free of that person. So where you can move on with your life and have new, fulfilling, healthy relationships with other people. Shamanism is a different technique altogether. It's not really a technique. I I would call shamanism an art form. Because even though they've got a lot of courses out there on being a shaman, that doesn't make a shaman. A course does not make a shaman. A shaman is someone who can see in the dark and they learn how to see in the dark through rigorous initiations. So it's not just taking a course because you cannot necessarily go through rigorous initiations through a weekender course. It is a practice and it takes a long time for a true shaman to become a shaman. So that's why I do not call myself a shaman, but I do practice shamanistic techniques. And to be fair, I have undergone rigorous initiations from the time I was a teenager, from the time I I was a child, actually, I, I have gone through one rigorous initiation after another, after another, after another, and I did develop an ability to see in the dark. And what I mean by that is that we can look at a person and see sense, feel, not necessarily, it might not be visual, it might be a sensing or a feeling or a knowing where a block is. 
or if we're doing shamanic work, we, we kind of see, sense, and feel where to go with that. And I've been doing this work since the early 2000s, where I worked directly with shamans to develop my techniques one-on-one. So I didn't take a class. I worked one-on-one with shamans to learn the techniques. And in the beginning, I was wanting to give my power away to that shaman that was working with me. And there was one in particular that I was working with that had me on a table. I might've told this story before, but it's a pretty profound story where I was lying on a table doing the breath work. Shamanism requires a lot of breath work. So I was doing breath work and I, I was being in the awareness of what was coming up. And it, while I was doing that breath work, I got a vision of a knife in my back. And I said out loud, there's a knife in my back. And with him being the shaman and me being the trainee, I expected that he was going to just go, oh, yes, I see it and pull it out. But that's not how it worked. He said, you have the power you take it out. And so I just followed my instincts and I removed that knife from my back. And let me tell you, I felt it and it was exhilarating to recognize my own power to change my reality. And after that, I just became stronger and stronger in the shamanism and the shamanic techniques, knowing that I do have the power and it's not just me. It's we all do, but this power has to be developed. We have to recognize it and develop it. And so part of my work with people is to help just like that shaman did for me, help put people in touch with their own power. So they don't have to rely on somebody else to do it for them. They can learn how to do it for themselves. But like me, I had to work with shamans for a while before I really truly developed that power and really learned to recognize it within myself. So I developed this ability to really see in the dark and to help people to traverse that darkness themselves and find their own way through. I combined both of these techniques, clinical hypnotherapy, working with the subconscious mind and shamanism, the ability to see in the dark and developed these techniques of psychic cord cutting and soul retrieval. Now, these are not new techniques. I did not invent them, but I found my own way of doing them that I find to be quite effective for people. And because my job is to empower people, to put them in touch with their own power to make changes, I facilitate these processes by involving the client. I don't just do it for them. I guide them to do it for themselves. So they come out of these sessions feeling 
empowered, feeling that they have touched something within themselves that they never knew was there something deep and profound within themselves, an ability, because a lot of people who come to me for psychic cord cutting feel powerless, feel like this other person has their power. And it's just like when I felt that knife in my back, well, whoever put that knife in my back somehow had the power or the shaman had the power, but I didn't have the power. That's what I believed until I was shown my power. And that's how it is for people who are going through that psychic cord cutting process is they get to discover their own power and they get to discover that this person, this narcissistic person in their life doesn't have the power. We give them the power. We tell, we plant that seed from our conscious mind to our subconscious mind. That person has power over me. So the subconscious mind always says yes. When you give it that message, it's like, yes, okay. We'll create that reality for you where you feel powerless and you feel like this person has your power. And the reason people stay stuck in this powerlessness is because they come to believe on a very deep level that this person has their power. And it's not true. It's just a belief. And when this gets re this belief gets reinforced over and over and over, so does the feeling of powerlessness. And in a way, that's what keeps us attached to that person because that person has something of ours. They've got our soul. They've got our power. But when we can go through this process of disconnecting from that person and taking our power back symbolically, subconsciously, working on all the levels to take our power back, then you can come out of that session feeling empowered, feeling that you have the power. And now you can go on and recreate your life any way you would like, any way that you desire. So this is the process of psychic and energy cord cutting. And if you feel like this would be helpful for you, I would love to work with you with it. But I will still leave you with this message that you have the power, that nobody else has your power. You just might have to reconnect with it. You might have to work on that belief system that tells you that that other person has your power or is possessing your soul. I get that it feels like that. I get it feels that way because I have been there. And it took going there several times, being in that situation of powerlessness, of PTSD, 
of feeling that soul tie with that person that I couldn't disconnect for me to develop these processes because I've been there, because I know what it's like, because I've been inside of it, that I could develop these processes that could help people to take their power back and go on to recreate a life that they love. Because isn't that why we're here to create a life we love? And when you can learn how to use your conscious mind to influence your subconscious mind and be very consciously aware of what you're planting, the seeds that you're planting that are going to bear fruit tomorrow, then you become so much more empowered because you realize I can influence my reality. I can change my circumstances. I can produce a different result. Okay, so I hope that this has been helpful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening and watching, and I will see you in the next podcast. Have a great day.